Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph on the eve of the French Open at Roland Garros. You can probably hear in the background the sound of ball on tennis racket. Where are you, Catherine Whitaker? I'm in the presence of balls and tennis rackets, David. I am uh, courtside at Roland Garros, uh, court number four, in the presence of uh, a certain Serena Williams and, and of course, Patrick Moritogli and uh, an unidentified female hitting partner. But most importantly, I'm in the presence of Serena Williams, who is about 20 minutes into a scheduled two-hour practice session. Wow. I mean, that, that's, it already sounds pretty intense just hearing you down the line. I'm not in uh, Roland Garros right now. I'm in the UK in my office uh, before I take my son to football practice. But crikey, she is really ripping into that ball by the sounds of things. French Open starts tomorrow. Things are gearing up there. Yeah, she, I mean, yeah, as you would expect, she is absolutely high intensity. She's standing at the moment about a metre inside the baseline to receive the serve of this poor unidentified female hitting partner. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to fall into that trap that we discuss a lot, David, of saying, oh, yeah, she looks really good in practice because uh, we know that Serena Williams can hit tennis balls really, really well. And that's exactly what she's doing at the moment. Um, and in all honesty, with, with Serena, what what's going to be the barometer of her success here and in her comeback is is probably the movement isn't it and uh, at the moment she's just walloping returns so uh, I can't can't analyze the movement too much but she looks in good shape to me she looks in good shape yeah hard to believe that it was just it was just a week ago wasn't it that she was at the wedding of um Harry and uh and Meghan Markle I mean that, that was, it's a, uh, quite a shift in uh in intensity, I dare say, for her. And, uh, I mean... <laughs> well, I don't know. She looked pretty intense about the Royal Wedding, David. I think that was pretty serious business for her. I, uh, I've got a scheduled... Obviously, Patrick Moritogli, her coach, does a lot of work for Eurosport as well. I've got a scheduled chat uh, with him later on today. And I will definitely be asking whether the Rome withdrawal and the Royal Wedding invitation were um, in any way linked events I, w- I can't guarantee i'll get a, a straight answer but i will be asking that question he, he's quite good at the old straight answer though isn't he he's not somebody oh, he is, who he is. shies away 
No, he. It's fair to say, Patrick Mochogli, bless him, likes to talk to the media, um, and uh, yeah, we love him for that. Yeah, uh, I seem to remember you were watching practice exactly a year ago on this day, weren't you? When uh, and it was incredibly hot. What's it like now? Yeah, well, do you know what, David? I remember I remember that day so vividly, mostly because I think it m- might be the most I've ever sweated, uh, and I don't I don't say that lightly, and uh, and also because all of my recording equipment malfunctioned due to the heat. But uh, what I, I remember vividly that it was uh, between the hours of eleven and one, and it was court number one, and it was Rafael Nadal having a practice match with Luca Puy. Now, very interestingly, that is exactly what is scheduled to happen today as well same day same court same time same players um, and I wonder if that is one of the ever meticulous Rafael Nadal's uh, latest superstitions at Roland Garros now yeah could, could well be couldn't it um, Rafa of course I mean she, I, I was looking at some of the odds earlier I mean I'm not I'm not somebody who bets I've never uh, never really been into that but it's I don't think I've ever seen odds as as odds on as he is to to, to win this title I mean it's it really is just assumed that that will happen. I mean, and the draw was took place a couple of days ago, didn't it? Um, we, I've, I've got student Matt live tweeting it on our tennis podcast um, Twitter feed. Lined up his his sort of expected route to the final if all went according to plan. He opens up against Alexander Dogopolov, um, and really, when you look through his draw, it is kind of hard to see how he comes unstuck. I would have thought probably before the semis I mean or anywhere it's a sweet sweet draw for Rafa Nadal let's be honest I mean there are a few people that maybe he would have wanted to avoid it I mean and this really is scraping the barrel you'd probably have said uh, obviously he was he was always going to avoid Zverev because they were first and second seeds but probably Djokovic uh, Del Potro and maybe Fanini uh, and none of those are lurking anywhere anywhere near him and uh, yeah bless him student Matt uh, you know when you're live to eating draws you do the projected uh, projected quarterfinal lineup according to seeding and uh, trying to with all due respect to uh, the big serving South African trying to big up a potential quarterfinal Roland Garros meeting between Nadal and Kevin Anderson is uh, is hard work and uh, student Matt did it admirably he did. I mean, Jack Sock potentially in the fourth round, but and and he's somebody I feel a bit like Kyle Edmund, who just has a game big enough that could worry anybody on his he day. He does, but he where's really... he been, David? Well, I know. where's he been? Kyle Edmund has had a, a a great clay court season and has really pushed on and is showing you know why and how much he loves this surface and you know how hard he's prepared to work, but. Where is Jack Sock? I agree. He's got the raw materials to... I don't think he has it over five sets to challenge Nadal, but I think he could, you know, come out swinging and take a set from him. But where has Jack Sock been? Somebody tell me... Because he's not been injured. He's just... I don't know. We talked about how the Americans don't necessarily always commit to clay, but if anyone's going to, you think Jack Sock would want to. Serena Williams is about to serve, by the way, David. Oh, she's just a dolly serve. Still about ten times faster than than my fastest ever serve, but it's definitely just uh, it's just a warm up serve at this stage. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating. We'll go through the uh, the women's draw in a little while as well, um, and just look who Serena's likely to be playing against. But um, no, I, I I share the share the thoughts about about sock. 
And then you've got people that are just unknowns physically. I mean, on paper, I would have thought Del Potro would have been a fascinating match. But, I mean, there are real question marks over so many players. And when you look at that draw, you feel the opportunities are just enormous for people. I mean, if you're in the right bit. Yeah, I would I would say so. But And yet somehow it's kind of one of those weird ironies isn't it where there are sort of mini pockets of opportunity and yet overall there seems to be absolutely no no opportunity um because it just i'm not going to use the expression david but uh you know you know the words that i if i were feeling more foolish might say um yeah i mean del potro is probably the only person in this draw who you feel like on his day actually genuinely could maybe beat Rafael Nadal over five sets, but not if he's not feeling physically fit. And, you know, it was only a week ago that we saw him receiving what looked like pretty agonising treatment in the corridors of Rome for a a pretty nasty hip injury. So I just don't see that as a a realistic realistic prospect. The the, the, the Um, three that... Do. I, I mean, you know, the, the people that have beaten him before, Djokovic and the, and the most recent one, team, and then the other one who's just in great form, although but, he's never beaten but, him, is fair. But David, team is busy thrashing around playing tennis in Leon. Why is he doing that? I don't. What's I mean, he doing? I know I he'll know. probably win the title. He's playing Gilles Simon in the in the final today, but but really, really, according to the bookies, he's the third favourite for for the, this this title here albeit obviously a very distant third but third favorites for titles don't play the 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 day the weeks the week before a grand slam it just that doesn't happen and there's a reason for it and i just i despair i despair david yes i I don't i don't know what he what he's doing either my son has just come in to say hello to tennis podcast listeners by the way because i've got to take him to football in a moment and i'll continue the podcast over there but just before we get onto that um Dominic Thiem, yeah, I, I don't understand it. When we, we, we look back at, uh, at the canister to which you, uh, you referenced... There's nothing the, left in the canister. I feel like the canister might already be empty, David. Yeah, the Roger Federer canister. Dominic Team has been expending matches overnight uh, against Guillermo Garcia Lopez over three hours and then coming back for the final. I mean, it's all very admirable. And who, if he goes and wins Roland Garros, you know... We will just have to eat a massive slice of humble pie. But nobody does this. Nobody prepares for Grand Slams at the very top level by playing the week before. It just doesn't happen. I will, I will give you. I'll give you one exception. One exception, and that's Stan Wawrinka. Stan Wawrinka did. Uh, yeah. Did you used to always True. play Geneva, didn't he? So uh, he, he's somebody uh, who used to need to get his eye in and all that sort of thing. Yeah, the team feels that he needs to do that, but I don't understand it. I, I, but I but really I don't. but I don't know. There seem to be signs behind Vavrinka with it, whereas team is somebody with a proven record of of not peaking at the slams. Um, so I, I believe it's a slightly different situation. But hey, we've got we we always have humble pie. At the ready, should it be required, David? It's never very far oh, away. Yes. Oh, no, we, we, we order that uh, en masse before every slam, just in case. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. The other big thing here, Catherine, is the weather. Because, I mean, Nadal at any time is a brilliant player on clay and he's the overwhelming favourite to win this title. If it's sunny and if it's hot, balls are going to be spitting off that red dust surface and bouncing over people's head like a lob. So what, what is the weather forecast like? Yeah, I agree with you. Unquestionably, it's a factor, and it's very difficult to imagine at the moment because, uh, as we speak, I've actually just moved uh, locations. I'm now on the brand-new court number 7, which uh, used to be uh, where I bought my quiche, my daily uh, quiche, but it's now uh, court number 7, and I'm currently watching... Kyle Edmund practice with Gail Monfils, the unseeded Gail Monfils Um, and uh, I'm sitting at the top of the stand in absolutely glorious sunshine and uh, luxurious warmth but I tell you the forecast for the week here in Paris pretty much from the time play starts tomorrow is absolutely appalling is it? Um, yeah, yeah it's awful it's still it's quite warm it's not like cold English rain but it is rain is a lot of rain oh, um no. yeah and they are still yet to roof this place we're david about two years away so aren't we, from the roof? we could be seeing a lot of uh, whittaker and a poncho on eurosport <laughs> uh, i think it's 2020 isn't it when the roof is supposed to come in can you not bring that suppose forward? supposedly although i i'd say if it's 2020 you'd you'd be seeing signs of roof building already and uh, unless they're, they're doing a very subtle job of it I don't see 
any signs of reef building at oh all. Oh dear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all they're right. certainly taking their sweet, sweet time. Fine. Uh, I mean, one other player we talked about. No, last I'm not week. fine, David. Not fine. They no, need no, to get a roof fine. on this thing. Not fine. It's, uh, well, if it helps at all, I'm now at my son's football training, and it is raining on me as I sit here talking to you. So that that should help. Um, the uh, as well as the other players that we've already mentioned, we talked last week about Kyle Edmund about the the opportunity that knocks for him. Um, I mean, I. I have you seen him around at all? I mean, I know you've already been speaking to people. I saw. saw I'm, that he I'm looking could... at him as we speak, David. Oh, oh great! So how's he looking? Yes, yeah, so I'm give watching me a practice, practice report because we rely on those. Well, he he is serving. Uh, it looks he looks very relaxed. Uh, he's staying in my hotel. Actually, saw him at breakfast this morning, and I saw him last night. Sounds a little bit like I'm stalking Kyle Edmund. He happened to uh, be in the same uh, little French restaurant around the corner from the hotel uh, that uh, Team Eurosport went to last night, and he was sat there uh, with Freddie Rosengran, his coach, and his fitness trainer as well, and they were deep in conversation. I was trying to imagine that they were, um, you know, talking tactics, but I, I couldn't actually overhear what was being said. But I can confirm. He had uh, a lovely burrata uh, pesto starter followed by a, a burger. Oh, fantastic. The, the, yeah. the stuff of p- sort of potential French Open champions uh, for dinner, perhaps. <laughs> um, so it, he could play Fabio Fanini in the third round. I mean, that's. I mean, I'm, I know I'm looking a bit far ahead probably there because he's got Alex Dimonor in the first round, the, the talented Australian. But I don't think he. He's not big and strong enough to win on clay, is he, Dimonor? No, it's too soon for Alex Dimonor. I mean, who knows? He might, he might end up learning to play on clay. And, and but I, I think a, it's even when he does get bigger and stronger, it's going to be his weakest surface. And 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 b, he's still uh, disgustingly young. <laughs> so uh, I love Alex Dimonor. I think he's the real deal, and I can't wait for him to 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 become the real deal. But I think Kyle is going to be just fine. Uh, yeah. Round number one. Uh, yeah, Fanini in round three. I still think over five sets. Um, Kyle is mature enough now to not panic about Fanini hitting a purple patch to go, OK, you know, I'm just going to stick with this and, and kind of try and outlast him physically. I think Kyle backs himself over five to outlast someone physically, certainly someone like Fanini, who we saw wilt so badly with physical issues when he was redlining it against Nadal. So... Okay, we might see you know a, a brilliant on fire Fanini, but I still think best of five, Kyle will take that now. I do. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the, the, I know there's Marin Cilic potentially in the fourth round. I mean, the thing oh, is, oh Marin Cilic, David, no one showed up for his press conference. <laughs> no one, not a single soul. Oh really? Yeah, he was brought. He was listed on the, the the top seeds. All come to you know, regardless of request, the top seeds are always brought for for pre-event press because it's just assumed that they'll be <laughs> they'll be wanted by the world's media. And uh, there were three three poignant announcements of uh, of Marin Cilic's press conference, uh, followed by a lengthy silent uh, silence, and then the ushering of Marin Cilic out to his uh, to his next commitment. Oh no, that's that's harsh. Um, so that's poor old Marin Cilic, who who actually got married. So very many congratulations to to Marin Cilic for getting married. Very yeah. Recently. I mean, other things in his life are fine. It's just 
yeah. and bless him he did you know there are other players whose ego would be very damaged by such a situation but he he didn't seem remotely bothered no, so good no, on him good on him well thank goodness for that he just wants to go out there and win tennis matches doesn't he so that's all right um who else have you been um speaking to over the last uh, 24 hours or so Catherine? because you've been there a couple of days haven't you this is sort of interview weekend isn't it before it all gets cracking yeah, it's interview-tastic times. Um, I had a, a, a pretty lengthy interview with Joe Joe Conter, actually, who obviously things haven't been going brilliantly for of late. She's, she had a couple of results on clay. Um, and, uh, yeah, she's, as as always, really, it's it's very difficult to know what to read into to what she's saying. She seemed really relaxed. She talked about, you know, all the good things that she thinks herself and Michael Joyce are doing off the practice court. She, she agreed that... She's kind of playing a bit with house money here because she, you know, last year was obviously her best year ever, and she she still lost first round here. So the pressure really is off, um, and uh, she has an opponent, Yulia Putinseva, in round number one, who she's played twice, both on clay, beaten her both times, and uh, yeah, that's you know that's a pretty good starting point. Uh, for a match but you still just never know you, you don't, you, it's, it's so much about the mental and the confidence with Conter and she always talks a good game about that um, but until she gets out there and you really see how much she's committing and, and how loose that right arm is I, I don't think we're going to know no, um, no. I, I, I had a chat feisty. She's, a, she's, a, she's somebody who can get under player's skin, so that could be quite yeah, an I wouldn't inter- wanna, interesting one. I wouldn't want to mess with Butinsova, <laughs> put it that way. Um, yeah, I had a chat, uh, a limited in time chat, because the top, top players, you only get the standard three questions with them, but a, a chat with both Simona Halep and Elaine Ostapenko uh, yesterday, last year's two finalists, of course. Halep definitely the more revealing of the two you know she talked I asked her about coming here as the world number one first for the first time she's obviously beaming with pride about that and it and it it definitely does give her a boost without question playing with that number one next to her name she feels you know some some players that have been to number one without winning a slam they feel kind of the reverse of what Simona Halep seems to be feeling you know a little bit undeserving or just a little bit bashful about it but she feels the opposite you know she feels validation um in that achievement and uh, i i think that's absolutely how she should feel but she also um willingly forthcomingly said yeah but it comes with an awful lot of pressure and i'm trying to deal with that pressure um but it you know i can't deny that the pressure the pressure is there um so yeah, and she's a really interesting balance of both being incredibly close to winning a Grand Slam and, and it feeling inevitable, but also the closer and closer she gets without doing it, the more scar tissue builds up. And of course there'll be scar tissue from last year's final leading a set and a break. Of course there'll be scar tissue from the Australian Open final where she was also heartbreakingly close. It's a balance, isn't it? On the one hand, she'll think, well, you know, I've been so close before it's only that one tiny extra step away but on the other hand she there you there is scar tissue from heartbreak like that um and Elaine Rostopenko David um sassy as ever she sort of um yeah (laughs) you can't help but like her yet she's still being she's in a press conference she if she gets a, a duff question she she gives you a fair amount of sass about it but i kind of i kind of love that you know someone asked her about the um 
the whole Alona thing. Her name, her uh, she, uh, her given name is Elena because Alona is the name her parents wanted to call her, but it wasn't on the registry of names that you're allowed to call your children in in Latvia. So they had to officially call her Elena, but she prefers to be uh, anyway. That's very well documented. You know, after the final last year, she spoke a lot about it. Uh, even some umpires on the tour um, call her call her Alona when they're yeah, uh, calling that, score. Yeah. Um, but this guy uh, obviously hadn't done any research and, and asked her about that, and she she basically just rolled her eyes at him, and it was uh, it was kind of magnificent. It was kind of magnificent, David. <laughs> yeah, we always like a good eye roll uh, because she is she is young. She's twenty, but she seems younger than that still. She seems to me like a a sixteen year old, really. Yeah. It, I mean, the draw, looking at the draw, I don't know what you think. I, I had a look at it this morning, and I, I felt as though Halep has got a decentish draw. I think you're better off being in the top half than, say, Svitolina, who we were talking about last week as, as you know, a real contender for this title. But she's suddenly down there with all the big hitters like Ostapenko and Kvitova. I, I'm not sure what's half Serena's in. Did you see that? But, I mean, it's, it's, to me, Halep is better off being in the top half of the draw. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Wozniacki down at the bottom but as the second seed, but realistically, I don't... For, for me, sh- unless there are big upsets elsewhere, I don't see her as a, a prominent contender for this title. I don't I've know about Wozniacki you. I've got Wozniacki as a first-round exit. To Danielle Collins. Could happen, yeah, David. I, really I could like happen. Daniel Collins. And then in the next round, she potentially faces Tomei Bashinsky, who, look, I know has had a tough time and is had a lot of injuries and had one quite recently but still she's still Tamea Bashinsky at Roland Garros so I think that's no gimme um, I'll tell you who has got a tough draw David Garbinia Muguruza oh yes I saw that yeah yeah Svetlana Kuznetsova round number one oh. what do you think well I mean if you're going to play Kuznetsova now is the time to play her because she's she's been injured she's been out with a wrist surgery but I don't know I, ju- I, I just feel that Muguruza is vulnerable I mean I, I think she can come into the grass court season without much form and, and still produce I mean we saw that she won Wimbledon last year but no I don't see it at the French personally I don't see it who, who, seems, I mean I still feel I'm still going Halep for the title she's she's a good actress isn't she Muguruza um, by her own admission um, you know she she says herself if I hadn't been a tennis player I, I would have been an actress so it, she's she's good at turning it on but she just seems flat to me she seems flat and uh, you know she's she's going to get the feelings in the 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 jolt of adrenaline that she needs anyway you'd think it'd be here you know the scene of her first ever grand slam title only a couple of years ago you'd think it would all be vivid and visceral and would give her the spark she needs but to me she seems flat and i'm not sure you can win a grand slam feeling that way but equally i think she could flick a switch and turn it on (laughs) um which as you say she's done it done at Wimbledon but I don't know she is she is such a mystery to me I would love to she I think as much as anyone I would love to get inside her her brain because she still seems a complete enigma to me yeah 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 um Ostapenko has got Kozlova first round could play Azarenka in the second round I don't I mean Azarenka is not really a clay court specialist but 
there's there's just so much potential really for for upsets and surprises i mean i think sharapova against pliskova carolina pliskova in round three is an interesting one incidentally serena williams has got sister christina pliskova uh in in round one but i i've got a feeling sharapova could be up for a, a run here i think she takes out pliskova in round three there we go i'm going big predictions I mean, that's going to be explosive, isn't it? You wouldn't want to be a tennis ball in that. I mean, that's going to be so explosive. That's pretty much a 50-50, isn't it? It's just who gets out of bed the, the better side that day. You know, yeah. it's going to be yeah. no no subtle tactics. Um, yeah, I think Serena's going to be fine against Christina Pliskova. I've been a bit disappointed with Christina Pliskova's lack of pushing on, really. Yes. Um, and uh, I mean, you—is this a good time, therefore, to remind you that you you predicted a Pliskova against Pliskova Grand Slam final lurking somewhere in our future? And I don't know, David. I commentated on one of her matches in Madrid a couple of weeks ago, and I just thought she hadn't made any progress at all. She's Thanks obviously got great more raw material. <laughs> She's obviously got great raw materials. I mean, yes. that goes without saying, almost. But uh, well, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I can always rely on Catherine Whitaker for a timely <laughs> reminder. Is what I, I think. think Serena Williams is going to be fine, put it that way, and I, I'm not sure how whether we'll get a great benchmark of where she's at because I'm not sure how tested she'll be. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, I mentioned Petra Kvitova. Good news that uh, the person that attacked her has apparently been caught and uh, and is going to be up before the courts. Uh, in... Well, the person they suspect attacked her, David. Yeah. True, true. Yes, the, the, that's um, right. But yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I mean, that must be that an enormous, person. just an enormous weight weight off her mind. I mean, we, I'm not sure barely any of us can really conceive of, of of what that feels like for her. But yeah, yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah, can no, I mention Francesca Schiavone quickly? You can. David? Yes, I was. She was one of my two qualifiers. I was going to mention alongside Bernard Tomic. She's 37 years old. She didn't get a main draw world card, even though she's a former champion and finalist. That's awful. And isn't she's it? and she, and she said, "Oh well, <laughs> I don't need I don't need a world card. I'm going to go and qualify." And I, I bloody love her. I, I just think that's awesome. But yeah. yes, she absolutely should have got a wild card. It, it is, but doesn't it just show the value of coming through qualifying? Finally, Bernard Tomic is not giving, getting given a handout. I mean, I know Francesca Schiavone is at completely the other end, but I'm so pleased that Tomic has just decided to enter qualifying, not just give up, and he's come through and he's actually qualified. I think that's really come cool. Come through without losing his set. I saw him at breakfast as well this morning, David, looking uh, pretty nonplussed by, by the whole experience. <laughs> Um, and uh, he's he drawn Kyrgios. Have you seen? Have you seen the qualies draw? The, the, where they've put them. He's, he's got, got Kyrgios round yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Very funny. It's so great. Yeah. Well, what does Bernard I mean, Tomic have for breakfast? Oh, uh, I only saw, I saw him getting juice. juice. I can't confirm what what was consumed on the on the food front. Okay, that's very healthy. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, Catherine? Before I tell our listeners a few things that are in the Telegraph uh, this Saturday. Anything else I want to talk about? I don't think. I mean, there will be plenty of things over, you know, but over the course of uh, the developing days. But no, I think you know, 
I don't think there's any major emissions, so you crack on, David. It's going to be fascinating. Catherine's got lots of work to do, lots of more interviews to do today. We'll tell you all about them tomorrow. Uh, with Daily, don't forget, Daily Shows from the French Open. The Tennis Podcast will be with you, brought to you in association with The Telegraph, who today have got an eight-page pullout all about the French Open. Uh, it's, it's a really good read. Simon Briggs and uh, Charlie Eccleshare have been going to town. There's a piece about facing John Isner's serve. That's what Simon Briggs has been to do. There's obviously stuff about Nadal. There's a good piece on Petra Kvitova. There's one on Mats Valander, your good friend Catherine, talking about Kyle Edmund and why he thinks he's such a, a threat these days. And I, I, I would advise anybody to have a read of one from a couple of days ago with Robin Soderling, the man who ended Nadal's reign in 2009 briefly, and, and about the awful situation that Soderling had of having to call time on his career in 2011. Uh, he just won a title and then he, he went down with glandular fever. He could barely get out of bed um, and uh, it talks about you know how he feels that players are just too in awe of players like Nadal and that they need to just back themselves and unsettle these guys are the words that uh, Robin Sudling used so do go and have a read of the Telegraph uh, website and you'll find that there's also a good interview with Denis Shapovalov uh, which marks what a historian he is about the sport he's always going going on youtube and watching old matches and trying to copy the volleys of uh, pat rafter and that sort of thing so well worth having a read of that uh, a word as well about james ward who's just reached the semi-finals in loughborough the challenger there he's had two years of awful injury problems and yet he's back and he's managed to get through to the semis there so well done james ward and catherine we are launching our Lamanga club competition this week uh, if you would like to win a three-day break at Lamanga Club with a couple of days of uh, coaching thrown in as well, you can't go in July and August, which is peak time, but you could go after that, so September, October, beautiful weather. Catherine went in September last year. You can enter our competition. Hashtag tennis pod castaways hashtag tennis pod castaways what a good word that is you've got to basically take a picture of yourself where the most exotic location you can possibly place the tennis podcast whether you're wearing our t-shirt whether you are just showing your phone to us in some exotic location maybe you're just watching and listening in front yeah, of the David, fire the phone needs to, the phone to, needs to be dog. playing the tennis podcast it can't, it can't just be a picture of people's phones well you know it could, i don't know exactly what it's going to be but you've got to be able to pr- prove your commitment to the show. Extra extra points definitely given for animals and, and merch. But if you have neither of those things, your entry will still be considered. <laughs> yes, it will. And, and our, our decision is final. But somebody's getting a three-day break free of charge. You've got to get yourself there. You've got to get your flights and all that. But you can get to La Manga Club, improve your forehand like Catherine Whittaker has, and have a lovely time and be trained for two days playing tennis. So that's going to happen. Catherine, I think that's about it for now. Anything else before I sign off? No, no other business. Lovely. Well, go and uh, do your work. Go and interview people. We'll talk about it all tomorrow after the first day's play from Roland Garros. We have been the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Melanie Bowes, our executive producers. Tennisballs.com, Triple S, Charlie the Ferret, our mascot, of course. And we'll be back with you tomorrow. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, 
edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 